Hey, Marie, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I am doing great. It's coming up on the end of the year, a lot of holiday plans and things going on. So there's my schedule's a little bit crazy, especially because I have, you know, the Polar Habits launch coming up with New Year's. And there's mm -hmm. just sort of like, <laughs> there's a lot going on in my life right now. How are things going in December for you? Yeah, you and me both, I think coming up to the end of the year, just trying to figure out like, I don't know. I mean, it's just a random date, but I guess it has meaning for everybody. It really is just another day, but everyone's like going to start afresh next year. What am I going to do? How is it going to be different? What I'm trying to do is like, there's a few big things. They're more sort of administrative tasks that have been hanging over my head that I've written down. And I've, I've said to myself, like, if I can get these things done before end of the year, then I will feel a lot lighter in the new year <laughs> so I can start afresh. So I guess I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be quite deliberate about what I'm going to work on before the end of the year that will give me a nice start on the next year. So that's just sort of a side thing. I've got some business administration stuff and also just personal admin stuff that I want to sweep away, get done and be fresh for the new year. So yeah, it's kind of been a bit hectic because of that. Yeah, I feel like we're on the home stretch. Looking forward to having a break as well. So going to go away around Christmas time just for a couple of days, Airbnb, and spend time with family. That should be nice, just in the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice. Very cool. And you've been tweeting lately about kind of the colorized feature you've been working on <laughs> with getting really nerdy on the on the specifics of like the variations <laughs> and how uh yeah just those tiny variations and those details really matter like yeah how's that going it's a going okay like there, there are diminishing returns though it's one of those things <laughs> where i really want things to look nice like i really love good design and i think sometimes the small details are what makes it great I was chatting with, you know, the person that I work with, I was, we were saying, what's the difference between good and great? And I think these details by themselves might not mean anything, but if they all add up to make something slightly better, then it might be worth it. But, mm. you know, obviously I've got to balance my time as well because that time could be spent creating a brand new feature, which is something else I am working on as well. But kind of just got a bit stuck on this color thing because I don't know, it was bugging me. So I made a couple <laughs> of small, I made a couple of small tweaks and I put it on Twitter the good thing though is you kind of get more brain power when you put stuff on Twitter because other people comment on it. And I actually had an epiphany this morning because so I put something out and it was okay. It wasn't great. And but a lot of people were saying, I can't really see the difference. And I was like, well, that's not what I want to achieve, right? Because I actually want my little <laughs> my, I want my little details to add up to a difference. Yeah. So I was a bit bummed by that. Later on, other people started commenting and they gave me some ideas. So this morning I woke up and I started playing with variations of their idea and I think I'm actually in a better place with it. So I think it was one good example of how building in public in Twitter actually helps. Mm -hmm. You put yourself out there and people get critical about it. There's definitely a balance because sometimes they get overly critical and you're like, you know nothing about my business. So you just kind of <laughs> said something that I have thought about, but it doesn't work. But in this case, the suggestions were really good. They sparked more ideas. So I think posting about that was a win for me in the end. That's something that I'm hoping to kind of do kind of as I get more into like building polar habits, like, mm -hmm. which is kind of a change. And I'm kind of, so I'm kind of like tiptoeing into it because I don't want it to be suddenly like, you know, my followers are like, what is all this stuff? Like, I don't care about this app. I just want to follow you for the, you know, the ADHD tweets. And so I'm kind mm -hmm. of trying to figure out how I want to balance that. 
Um, but I know like there's such value in that building in public. And so I haven't quite figured that out yet. And I haven't had anything that I felt like, oh, this is a good thing to put out there yet because we're just kind of so early. Mm. And so I'm, I may not end up doing anything with that this year. And maybe like once we've like launched, then kind of build more into that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's all kind of like an experiment and I'm kind of just uh, figuring it out <laughs> along the way. Yeah, your situation's slightly different to mine in that so my, my Twitter account is solely about building Llama Life. On the weekends, I occasionally put in some personal stuff like about my mm -hmm. dog Homer and maybe some like last weekend I, I did some gardening stuff. But I usually just do that on the weekends. And during the week, it's all about just building Llama Life and any sort of learnings I've figured out along the way and sharing all that stuff. Whereas your account is, like you said, it's more the ADHD content. Mm -hmm. and that's what people expect when they go to your account. So it, it does become a bit tricky to go, well, if you introduce more building and public stuff, would that be relevant to all of your audience? I guess it's just something to be conscious of, but people usually go to a Twitter account for one main thing. Mm -hmm. They want to know what to expect when they go to your account. And if you stray too far from it, you lose your impact. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit of like, I'll need to figure out where that balance is. Because on like on one hand, it's it's like, well, hey, you know, I've like worked hard to build this audience. And I know that like building in public is a great way for people to become kind of interested in this side project that I'm doing. But I also don't want to drive away the audience. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely kind of figuring out what that balance is. And I think also there is that tendency to think people pay more attention to you than they actually do. Like there's mm -hmm. a little bit of like anytime I send out a newsletter or tweet something, I'm like, oh, what are people going to think about this? And like kind of overthink that. And what people really think is they're just like, oh, I don't care. So I keep scrolling like they don't like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's not like what is this thing that, oh, I'm going to stop and consider whether or not I want to follow this person anymore. It's like. For the most part, they just don't care. They're just going to keep scrolling. Like unless I say something that's like going to offend somebody or I spam something that doesn't matter. Like if I'm just building in public all the time and then at some point it would be like, OK, this is all they're doing now and I don't want to follow that. Yeah, I think finding that balance is probably not as difficult as I think I'm imagining it right now. If I just kind of do it occasionally, like a, a mm. couple times a week or something, I think either people will care in the way of like they want to find out more about it. Or they just scroll past it and it's not a big deal. So I guess you can monitor it and see. I'm probably just overthinking it <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud. It's funny you said we often think people pay more attention to what we're doing than we think. That is so true. I do remember, <laughs> I remember an example. It's, it's with you. It's about you with your newsletter. Mm -hmm. When you first started your newsletter, your newsletter is great, by the way. I love the, the content like spot on <laughs> for me. Oh, thanks. I remember when you first started it, you sent out an issue and there was a typo. And then you sent out another response to that. And you said, oh, sorry, everyone, like there was a typo or whatever. <laughs> I remember writing back to you going, I didn't even see the typo until right, you mentioned yeah. there was a typo. Like I didn't even see it. And it's all, now, you brought, now you've actually brought attention on that typo. But for me, I was like, I still got all the value from the newsletter and I didn't even see that thing. And then now, and it was really, you were probably eating, you know, beating yourself up going, oh, I made a typo. Right. Should I, should I email everyone? Okay. Yeah, I'll email everyone. And you spend all the time doing that. And you actually just made it worse because <laughs> no one even cared or saw it. Like it's actually a perfect example. I, I do the same. Like last night as well, I was agonizing over a tweet because I posted it and I was like, do I look silly? I kept thinking, do, are people going to think I'm like a weird, crazy, obsessed design detail kind of person? Because it was really, the changes I made were so small. And some people were like, they were like, I can't see it. This looks the same. And I'm like, 
oh man, I'm going to come across as being some really like just silly. And that was bothering me for a bit. And then I was like, what are you, just stop it, stop it. No, you know, you're, no one really cares. Like they probably just made a comment that they can't see anything and maybe it's legit. Like that's fair. But I was like, stop it. Just stop beating yourself up. Who cares? (laughs) Like it's, it's so fleeting anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. we were talking about this just before we started recording, but we were saying like, you're only as good as your last 10 tweets because no one really goes beyond that. That's one of the things I really kind of love about Twitter. I think it's easy to look at that in a negative way, but part of me is like, tweets are so kind of ephemeral in a way where it's like, if I post something and like no one really like likes it, you know, like the stats are down or whatever, mm-hmm. who cares? It's going to be gone in a few days anyway. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I need to, oh no, I got to delete the tweet because it looks bad that it doesn't have as much engagement or anything like that. I kind of just don't care because it's like, yeah. oh, whatever. It'll just, you know, kind of flow down the Twitter river and won't exist in a few weeks anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And also I kind of made a promise to myself a while back, which was like, I'm just going to, I'm tweeting for myself now. Like I'm tweeting for fun. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of, you know, I'd like to grow the Twitter audience, but I also just want to have fun with it and not overthink it. That's super important to me because if I overthink it, it becomes a chore and it becomes like work. And right now I feel like I get so much out of Twitter. That's just like support, emotional support. Like I have mm-hmm. fun. We make jokes. Like there's, there's a small group of people. Like I just joke around with all the time and it's sort of, cause it's on Twitter, it's public, but I have a lot of fun. And like, I laugh a lot when I read tweets and I want that to remain. I don't want it to yeah, feel yeah. like a chore. I've got a separate Llama Life Twitter account. That one is more official. But my personal one, I just want it to be, like, I want to have fun with it. That's like one thing why I hope whatever happens with the Twitter drama, I hope it works itself out somehow because I love Twitter as a platform. And part of it is that just that kind of that fun of the community and just sort of mm. like tweeting in public about, you know, stuff like that and chatting with people and, and all the kind of little jokes and all of that. That's how we first met some sort of jokes and whatever on Twitter about that stuff. And I actually, this is a great way to pivot to what we're you know, planning to talk about today. I think one of the first longer conversations we had over DM on Twitter was about Product Hunt because I had made this downloadable kind of PDF that you can use to print out to do like your time tracking and stuff like that. And I had seen you tweet about doing Product Hunt launches and I was kind of unfamiliar with that. So I kind of reached out to you saying, hey, how should I do this? Like, what advice do you have? And so you kind of helped uh, run me through that. And you've done five or six of those now, right? Like how, yeah. what, what has your experience been like that with doing kind of product hunt? Yeah, so I've done, yeah, probably five or six um, across a, a variety of different products. So I've done Llama Life twice because you can you can relaunch a product. I think it's a six it's either like a six or eight month window in between that you have to mm-hmm. wait, but you can launch the same product again, as long as there's a big change that you can talk about. So I've done some of my side projects as well, like the fidget spinner, also Shush Noise, which is like a noise generator site that I made and a couple of products before Llama Life I launched as well. And there's definitely an art to doing a product hunt launch, but there's definitely also like a huge element of luck to it. Right. It also depends on like who you know and what sort of existing audience do you have before you do the launch. Maybe, maybe I'll talk about the existing audience and the luck part first because I find that super – it's funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> but with my fidget spinner site, so it's basically fidgetpage.com. It's a very, very basic site. It just has a fidget spinner on it. Like you go there, it's a white page with a fidget spinner on it, and all you do is spin it. 
It's a fun website, but it's also a bit of a like a marketing lead generation for Llama Life because once you spin the spinner a few times, Llama will pop up from the side and just go, hey, can I show you like this cool productivity app? Mm-hmm. If you click yes, so it's still very deliberate, the user can say no, but if they click yes, it goes to Llama Life. So that's all the website is. That's the complete website. That said, though, it's done very well. Like it's, it's done very well. It's yeah. very it's very satisfying yeah, yeah. to. So it's the sort of thing that you get and you're like, oh, it's a fidget spinner, and then you spin it, and it's just like sound just effects. The and- the yeah, the sound effects and just like the you know the physics of how it works. It just feels it's fun to use. It's the sort of thing that you go to and you're like. I'm going to spin this a few times because this is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I did spend some time on it and the sound effects, yes, I think they're very satisfying as well. But, <laughs> but I think overall the point is that it's very, it's very simple and it's very fun. So I decided this was maybe six months after I'd made it. I was like, maybe I'll just put it on Product Hunt. It was literally like some random thought I had. No forward planning, no like preparation. I was just like, yeah, I haven't put fidget page on product hunt. Maybe I'll just do it. I, I probably spent like an hour or less on preparing everything. So you gotta you gotta do like the screenshots, you gotta fill out like a bit about the product, you gotta write like some comments and some some copy around that and mm-hmm. create you little have to have icons. A little icon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have a name for it. Like you, you basically have to fill out some details. And I think it took about an hour all up and yeah, normally I prepare my screenshots really well, but I was like, you know what? I'll just just do a print screen, like a quick, literally just like a <laughs> a clean shot kind of thing. And I was like, yep, yeah, that that'll do. And I put it on Product Hunt. It actually did really like quite well. It wasn't number one product of the day, but it was up there. Like it was like top three or whatever. And the reason I bring this up is because there was another startup founder who had launched his serious product on the same day. And he was getting really upset because he was saying publicly on Twitter that his startup was, you know, how's my product hunt launch going? Oh, not that well. Cause I'm getting beaten by a fidget spinner. And I was like, <laughs> Oh man. Oh, that's so funny though. I mean, I, I feel, know. I feel bad for the guy, but it's, it's so funny. Just like, how's it going? Well, I'm losing to a fidget spinner. That's a really funny spin on it. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. pun intended. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. I felt super bad for him. Look, I actually went and upvoted his product to, to go to help him because I, I was like, I don't care if my fidget spinner is in, you know, number one product of the day, mm-hmm. but I, I get that you're hurting. So I voted his product up. In the end, fidget spinner still beat it, but I sent him a message and I said, look, in this case, it's just luck and it's I have a bigger Twitter audience than you do. And also this product is super easy to like because yeah. you don't have to spend any time like trying to figure out what it is. And you're kind of the upvote that you give the fidget spinner page is that, oh yeah, that's that's really cool. That's all the upvote meant. Mm-hmm. I guess bringing it back to the overall, you know, what makes a good product hunt launch, it's just something to consider. Even though your product is not as simple as a fidget page, you still need to think about how can I make it the simplest it can possibly be for someone to understand what my product is about and make it really easy for them to upvote it. Yeah. The takeaway is that there needs to be simplicity in the speed of understanding what the product's about. And if you can, not all products might allow you to do this, but if you can somehow make it a little bit like fun in some way, you need to give someone a reason to click the button. And usually that's some kind of delight or some kind of like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Because half the time it might not be that they go, this product is exactly for me. 
but they might be endorsing you for other reasons as well. Like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, appreciate the effort or whatever. Right. The main takeaway is there's many reasons why people click an upvote button and you just need to give them one. I think that we talked a little bit before recording, like that sort of, it's sort of the same thing that applies with, with Twitter and anything, any sort of like social credit or whatever you want to call it like that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times someone will put, pour all this time into writing like this big Twitter thread and then they'll be really you know, disappointed when it doesn't get any likes or retweets or whatever. Your effort does not result in like that getting likes or getting upvotes or whatever it is. And even genuine effort that's like creating something great, there has to be an easy reason to say yes. Like you said, it's really the nice thing about your fidget page was just click the thing like, oh yeah, I like this, this is great. I don't have to like understand what, I don't know what that other person's product was, but it was probably more of like trying to understand like, okay, what is this about? Is this better than other solutions? You know, there's that whole kind of thing. Um, and so that's one thing we're gonna have to figure out with Polar Habits, because we're hoping to do like a product hunt, you know, launch for that, probably like right at the beginning of the year, you know, as people are making, you know, resolutions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that is something we'll have to think about. And I think our page currently, our landing page currently does kind of do that in some respect because it does quickly sort of make us different a little bit. It Like mm-hmm. it very clearly right at the beginning, it's like, hey, other habit tracking apps are about streaks and we're not. Like this is how we're different a little bit. On Product Hunt, you can include several screenshots and most of the time people just do a screenshot of their landing page. I did that as well with Fidget Page, but the difference is that The whole landing page is the fidget spinner, right? So that screenshot fully encapsulated what this was about. So one thing to think about is rather than doing a screenshot of your landing page, and I have done this with Llama Life, I just did a screenshot of the landing page, but if I was going to do it again, I might actually design something special for the screenshot on Product Hunt that can more simply convey in one screenshot or as little information as possible what this is about so you can click upvote. And that may be your landing page if it's done really well or it might not be. Mm. Like It's something to think about. Like, Do you want to just design something else? Just use those screenshots that you have available in Product Hunt. There's maybe five or six you can put in to tell a story or to get across we're different because we are not about streaks or whatever your main uh, selling point is. Like. That needs to be somewhere there because half the time people don't read the text right, that you yeah. put with it, like the comment or whatever. The first thing they'll see is a screenshot. If they can't get enticed by the screenshot, they might not even go to your landing page, like click the website button. It's very similar to doing advertising. You have to you imagine someone like scrolling through a Twitter feed or scrolling through Instagram. They have half a second to see your ad and they'll see a picture first and then will they read further? And I used to do this in my old corporate job I used to work in advertising and we used to assess like magazine ads and we have this thing called stop and look. And when you're flipping through a magazine, like you have to go, is someone going to stop and look at your ad? Like if you have a full page ad in the magazine, has this ad got any sort of characteristics in it that will make you stop as a reader and look at it and read further? And I think it's very similar with Product Hunt. Like the first thing is that image. Are they going to stop and look at that? Mm -hmm. Does anything Mm -hmm. in that image resonate with them? You've got half a second and then if it does, maybe they'll look at the next image and the next image, or they'll read your uh, comments below the image. Right, right. There's a lot of good articles online about how to do a good product hunt launch. They're definitely worth reading. I tend to come at it more from like an advertising angle. Like what have you got to get the reader's attention? You've got an image, like a screenshot. You've got a comment that you can add. You've got an icon and you've got the title of the product and like a subtitle. 
How are you going to use all those things together to get the attention? And that's for people you don't know that well, but there's a whole other side of it where if you do have an audience, you can prime the audience, right? If you have some close friends, you could ask them to help you out on the day, maybe retweet it, all that stuff. That's kind of more standard stuff that people would think about. Let's see if mm-hmm. we can get some friends to help out. Yeah, some people might poo-poo that, but like everybody does it. If you don't do it, then you're just dis- creating a disadvantage for yourself. So do it <laughs> right. to some degree, but then it's the other half that can make it successful, which is, yeah, I get all my friends to help, whatever. But the other half of that is like, what about for the people you don't know? What about for the people that just see it for the first time? What are you doing for them that can give you an advantage? And that's all the stuff I was just talking about, about capturing their attention, making it super simple for them to check it out further and to hit the upvote button. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's very similar to the thing I'm thinking a lot when I'm when I'm writing tweets is I just sort of have that mentality of like people are scrolling and you want to give just like you were saying with like the magazine, like you need to give them a reason to give it kind of a second glance, like stop and actually look at it for a little bit. I'm not at all trying to slander whoever it was who had said this thing about the fidget page, which is like a really funny comment. But I think there's a tendency to think like, hey, this is a great product. I put a lot of time into it. So therefore, people should look at it and give it a fair shake or whatever. And that's just kind of like not the reality. Again, I'm not saying this is what that person's perspective was. But in general, I think it's important to think that like there's a million things competing for your attention. And if they're on Product Hunt, it's literally a website full of other products to look at. And so you kind of need to do something that is going to grab that almost like that curiosity gap, like kind of introduce something that makes them curious and want to see a little bit more Mm -hmm. and look and and hopefully find out enough about it that they can do the little upvote. It's got to break through because there's a lot of noise. Like you said, on Product Hunt, there's a lot of other products. Everybody's competing for the same attention With your product in particular, because it's about habits, and if you're planning to launch a habits app around New Year's, which makes a lot of sense, you have to know that like 10 other habit apps are going to launch the same day. (laughs) Right. So Product Hunt on January 1st is going to be full of habit apps, full of New Year's type resolution apps, maybe productivity apps as well. But what is going to make your one stand out? Can you speak to a pain point? Maybe even the first screenshot could be speaking to like some really big pain point, but in a mm-hmm. in a deep way. This is the other thing I see is advertising. Sometimes people just do surface level stuff where they go, you haven't been able to keep a streak or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's surface level. But what's the underlying like really deep emotional pain that you get because you can't keep a streak? Like you kind of have to go, this is an advertising thing as well. Like you have to go a few levels deeper to really Mm -hmm. get to like the emotional, the core problem that will speak to someone and they go, oh my God, that's me. But it's not surface level like, oh, I just can't keep a habit. I always break my habit. So surface level, but like go a few levels deeper. That's the stuff where people go, oh yeah, that really resonates. You already have this skill because all the stuff on your Twitter is getting to a deep emotional pain point. Mm. And whenever I read your stuff on Twitter, I'm like, yeah, it's very easy for me to hit the like button because I'm like, that's me. Yep, totally get it. You got it. You understand me. That's the sort of stuff you need to put on the product hunt launch. So people go, yep, you understand me. And if you understand me, I'm going to go check out your products. Right. Right. That's the main thing. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I've tried to do it with Llama Life as well. So if you go on Llama Life's landing page, the first few bullet points in the hero section of the website, the first page Mm -hmm. section of it, it says something like, do the stuff you said you would. 
right? And we're talking about procrastination, but we're saying it in such a way that it's it's a bit more emotional. Like yeah. we'll help you do the stuff you said you would do, right? It's just, it's just a little bit more, the emotion comes out. That's the kind of level you, you need to think about to, to cut through because everything looks super like samey, samey if you don't do that. Right, yeah, yeah. I have this all the time because it's a, I'm in the productivity space and you're, you're now going into the habit space, which is the same kind <laughs> of dynamic where there's a lot of apps. You can get around that with branding and you can get around that with like good copy on the website, but just to stand out, you kind of got to hit a different emotional note. The other thing I have on my website is like whiz through your monstrous to-do list. There's adjectives, get the adjectives in there because <laughs> it's different to go work through your to-do list versus whiz through your monstrous to-do list, finish work on time and live a little. It's the adjectives and the sort of the flowery language that kind of helps get to the emotional bit. It's adding like that personality to it as well, where it yeah, feels yeah. like there's some character there that it's not just like, like it's the brand. You, yeah. it's, it, you didn't use an AI to develop those, those bullet points, right? Cause you had like some character of like, like Llama Life has kind of a brand and it has sort of a vibe and a feel to it and kind of the language backs that up. And so that people that get it, like really get it because it's all kind of speaking to them. I learned that by working with a copywriter and she really kind of introduced this concept to me of put the emotional language in there because there's so many different ways to say the same point, mm -hmm. but that it's all boring unless you're actually putting some drama. It's almost like <laughs> put the drama in and we kind of balance it with, you know, we say like monstrous to-do list and we say things like say goodbye to never ending lists because people can picture that. Like you can feel the, <laughs> oh my God, I've had so many, I've got so many things on my list. And hello to daily bliss. So you kind of balance it with like this really mm. bad thing. And then you've got bliss on the other side. So it's this emotional, there's so much art to making like a nice landing page and the text on it, the images, like when you say things. And maybe we can do another episode on that. But I, I learned a lot of this stuff, but there's so much to it. A lot of people say they like Lama Life's website, but I also get a lot of people going, well, you're not doing it right. Like you should do it a different way. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not changing it because I think it's fine. Yeah. You know, some of that's just my opinion, but, but there are a lot of people that go, you should show your product in the hero section of your website. And I don't show the product until halfway down the website, but I do that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent because we're talking. No, about no, it's good. I was going to say, we, we, we kind of have the same thing with Polar Habits on our landing page. We don't show screenshots of the product until similarly, like halfway down the page. And even when we do, it's just like little mini screenshots, like kind of of features, like zoomed in shots of specific features. And I think part of that is because like the goal anyway, like I don't know if we're successful. I mean, we'll find out when we like launch for reels, but like the goal is really to like speak to that pain that people have felt with other and kind of hit that emotional note of like, mm -hmm. and part of it is because like I've felt that, like the reason I'm excited about this app is because I've tried like a million other apps uh, for, you know, habit apps to track this stuff and they haven't worked and a lot of it really kind of comes down to the the core reasons of you know so many of them are based on like shame like making you feel ashamed mm. of missing a day like that's so common and so the pitch for the app is like guilt-free you know it's like not getting away from that shame and so it's not really about like we want the interface to be great and i think it is like i think it has a really good look and we have a lot of other things we want to do to it but really like the reason i'm excited about the product is because like 
we have a goal of guilt-free habit tracking. Like we're trying to not be making you feel bad for missing a habit, um, which is how I've felt with pretty much every other habit. I get the habit app, I get all excited, I put all the things in there, and then I miss a few days, and then I'm like, well, I turn off notifications and never open that app again. (laughs) Like I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel bad and it feels bad every time I open the app and I'm like, oh, I missed all those days. Like it kind of, the interface pushes that vibe of like feeling bad about it. And so that's kind of, I don't know, you know, we achieve it to some level of success and hopefully more and more over time with that being the goal in mind is that we continue Mm -hmm. to kind of further achieve that, just a different vibe of a habit tracking app. So yeah, you kind of said, we definitely went on a tangent here. We were kind of talking about product hunt and then we moved more into like, landing pages and vibes, but I think it's all uh, really good stuff. It all stuff. is related. Yeah, it's all kind of relevant. I think the theme here is really like, how do you present your product, whether it's on yeah. Product Hunt or on your landing page or in a feature section of the landing page, like what are you showing? It's all about how do you best present your product in a way that will grab someone's attention and make them feel like it's a product for them and and try yeah. it. That's basically what we want, right? Just, people just try it out. Like doesn't have to, if it doesn't suit you, that's fine. But the goal of the landing page or product hunt is to get people to try it out. Well, on product hunt, I guess it's to vote for it as well. But ultimately, if you just get the votes, that doesn't mean anything either. Right. You want them to try it out. That's the that's the real goal because the votes are a bit of a vanity metric. Like, oh, I got so many votes, but half of those people are my friends. And you know that deep down. And it's like, <laughs> well, actually what I want is for people to – find value in my product to try it, eventually pay for it and give them value back. Like that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Before you can actually get to that, you it's all about presenting the product. Can you present it in such a way that is appealing and relevant and it resonates? That's all it's about. That's what advertising is about too. Like how do you present something to get someone to buy it or try it? We should probably wrap it up because we've gone a little bit over. Did you want to talk about any intentions you have over this next week? I know schedules are kind of crazy right now. So I don't know if you have a specific intention that you want to uh, tackle. I kind of just want to get a lot of the admin stuff out of the way. And we're working on some cool stuff, actually. It might take a bit longer to explain than, than we have time for now, but it's in the sound space. So we're working on like a sound experience that Llama Life users can listen to when they want to take a break. Like if you need a mental break from whatever you're working on or you're just in a funk, like maybe your brain's just overwhelmed or you can't focus and you're not getting anything done, this is an experience to kind of help snap you out of that. I'm actually super excited about it. It's quite different to any other sound experience I've seen online. When I say sound experience, I'm not talking about like background sounds like wind or beach sounds or forest sounds. We have that as well. I would call that more of a soundscape. And that's not that unique, but the sound experience I'm talking about is, is pretty unique. And I guess I can share more about it on a different episode when we're a bit closer to actually having, having it built, but we've made progress on it and it's, um, yeah, it's super cool. So I'll be working on, working on that. Yep. Awesome. Maybe that'll be your next product hunt launch. You can do Llama Life again now yeah. with the new sound features that, yeah. That's a good idea. I better apply like all the stuff we just talked about. Otherwise someone's going to come back and go, hey, but <laughs> right. you didn't do this. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. What's your, uh, what about you? What are you doing? It's all polar habits uh, for this month. I'm just kind of really focusing on that because we were trying to launch right at the beginning of the year. And so I think I mentioned last week the Today page, which I think I'm now kind of more thinking of it as just like the dashboard, kind of the main landing mm-hmm. page. 
Because what I don't want is people to be like, cool, the dashboard page is enough and then not see the habit page. Because I think the habit, like an individual habit page is really valuable in the current incarnation. So it's kind of figuring out how to navigate that that makes sense so that it's easy to use but doesn't lose any of the value that it currently has. And like, hey, we're launching in two weeks, so we got to really figure it out quick. <laughs> you got like a nice time box deadline. Yes, yeah, yeah. And part of that as well, I think, Marat and I are going to be meeting and kind of figuring out it's it's a little late maybe to be doing this, but we're going to be kind of dividing and conquering like what are our kind of more specific things we need to do before the end of the year. And we haven't done that yet, but I think one of them for me is probably going to be focusing specific on kind of getting a lot of the product hunt launch stuff ready, like getting those screenshots, working on some, some of that copy and sort of thinking about like, how are we going to make that launch successful and probably starting to do like some early reaching out to people, which I I'm not totally sure how I want to do that, but kind of like what you said, like kind of prepping people so people know like, hey, this is coming up so that when I announce it, people will be will know like, oh, that's the thing. Cool. I want to go mm -hmm. check it out because I've been hearing about it. Yeah. So that's kind of all all polar habits things are is kind of what is on my mind for the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, um, have a good week and I'll catch you next week. Awesome. Sounds good. See ya.